0: Guys. Welcome back to the Misinformed Podcast with your hosts, Jess
1: and Mara. Woohoo! Guys, we have a guest today. Yes! <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't believe we actually finally have a guest. Woo. Yeah. Okay, it's Emily, by the way. <laughs>
0: we yes. didn't even do, We didn't even introduce
1: her. <laughs> Wait, I want to introduce her. We have emily the ctp queen the contempt- <laughs> contemporary theater practices queen and that performance is is, and awful. performance yo, whatever, she's just sick. <laughs> i just remember her being so sick went to uni with her and she's so smart and she's ready to teach y'all a thing or two about a thing or two so welcome emily oh, thank
2: you it's such an honor to be on your podcast guys, Thanks,
1: guys. <laughs> you're our second guest but the first guest we're going to publish yeah, oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> so we're super excited
2: yeah. fingers
0: crossed this one goes <laughs> goes to plan technology <laughs> the is the never really on plan.
1: yeah technology was our friend that day <sighs> oh,
0: <good laughs> so a couple of weeks ago Emily came to me with this kind of question idea thing that um she wanted to discuss um and we thought actually it would be a really make a really great podcast Emily, do you want to kind of lead the conversation?
2: What's what we're talking about? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess I've just been watching like quite a few shows at the moment. And obviously, like um diversity within Hollywood is getting better. Um and I just kind of I don't know, like I just I wondered whether um the fact that casts are getting more diverse is it's obviously a good thing because you know like people of color and black people are getting an opportunity to play roles that they otherwise wouldn't have got to play before um but also like it's in period dramas and I'm wondering I just kind of wondered whether that's kind of almost whitewashing like our history and whether the people are just sort of like absent-mindedly watching this and wondering whether, like it's almost like rewriting history and whether that that's actually more problematic.
1: Yeah, okay. Because from like using Bridgerton as an example, because that's what um, came up, like I watched it, enjoyed it. And I, at first I thought it was colorblind casting which is, I don't know how to explain where they don't take into consideration like color, they just, whatever actor was better for the role. The example of Colorban Carson is the, I think, 1998 Cinderella, where it's like the black Cinderella and Asian mum <laughs> like, So good, so good. Like, um, Whippy Goldberg was the mom. And that's then... on Disney Plus now, did you see that? Yeah, I oh, saw. <laughs> um, that's an example. But with Bridgerton, some, I was reading that, um, I think, the Queen and uh, the King, what's his name? The Duke, they had a conversation about race. So it wasn't colorblind then. But then when I done my research, Bridgerton is set in like 14 something, wh- when's it set? 1813 London. Uh, slavery was still a thing back then. So it doesn't okay. make sense.
2: I, I have this written down. So Bridgerton is set as like the richest of the rich if you haven't mm-hmm. watched it in London 1813 so like the colonizers are thriving as a result of their historic abuse and mistreatment of black indigenous and people of color yeah exactly I mean I did do a bit more research and there is this historian called Vanessa Riley and she says that obviously there was some black nobility like there was some people that um
0: and I think that's what the, the actress said, because there's been a lot of backlash um, or at least conversation about, you know, is this an inaccurate representation of what life was like as a black person back then? Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> oh, surprise, there actually were um, like rich and affluent black people back then. Um, so I don't know. It's like one of those things. Um, and I think a lot of TV programs and stuff, um, at least like period dramas, some people you do have to kind of take it with a bit of a pinch of salt and like you have to be yeah. able to draw the line between um like fact and like and fiction and like that it's just it's a dramatization of what's happened. Like it's not, you know, directly It's not a documentary. Well, actually it's not a documentary, yeah. it's not everything that happened in Bridgetown. I, I don't know if that happened back then. I've never seen that by the way. Um <laughs> but yeah, so it's like you do are we saying that the audience is naive enough to just take that as as gospel and that, you know that's obviously what it was like to be a black person so what's all this hoo ha about slavery <clears throat> like that's not really like I don't know I Do think, you think
1: that's what it, that's happening no I think like when you are watching something for example like I've grown up most of my life watching shows that really don't represent me and I've been able to kind of look at it and be like it does obviously obviously doesn't represent me but I can still enjoy something even if it's not like a representation of how it is do you know what I mean? So when it comes to shows like Bridgerton, for me, I just took it as like, it's a show. Like I'm not really going to look too much into it because they're playing bloody thank you next with a bloody orchestra. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, it's not like the costumes are actually accurate. Exactly.
1: Either. So then, but for me, I think it becomes a little bit like, so for me, a lot of the time, when you are doing diversity, it's like, I like the idea of it being diverse and it just be like people of colour playing a role. Not mm. everything has to be about our experience and our trauma. And I love that because a lot of the time when stuff is about, I can only speak for black people because obviously I'm a black woman and I'm watching these shows, it's always always about like trauma and yeah. this and hardship. And it's like, it's good to watch something that's just, you know, a good show. But then you're not trivializing their experiences but you're not looking at the impact like you're not looking at the impact of slavery at that time or you're not looking that's not how the world was though the only reason why they were rich is because of the labor of the um black people and the slaves that they had so then it's like oh it's very much like I still enjoy Britain, but it's like you can't I don't know yeah it's almost like
0: I don't know, like erasing this idea, like of slavery, and like that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, obviously, as I said, I've never seen Bridgerton, but like with things like that in general, it's so nice to finally see black people in spaces that isn't about their trauma and isn't about slavery. And I think that is something that we should really advocate for, and that I think Hollywood should start doing. Like every day, slavery. <laughs> like why? Like we have had enough. You know movies and stuff like that about it that now we can have like I don't know celebrate black people for just being human beings and like showing them in um roles and being characters that are like vulnerable and that have um like different personalities and aren't just about yeah slavery
1: (laughs) and aren't just like the the side character but I did read an article that the actress that plays um, the seamstress, the one that was fake French, which I loved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was saying how it's not colorblind casting, it's like color conscious casting, Mm -hmm. where they take into consideration that she is obviously a mixed race seamstress, a mixed race woman, but it's obviously not um, affecting her in her color. It's not affecting her like position in society which it, like, if when you look at it deeply, I think I've always said this, that like when you're like woke quote unquote, I hate that word, but when you're aware of stuff, it's so hard to watch stuff and just like enjoy it for what it is because you start yeah. dissecting things and you're like, yeah. you're, like you're literally like <laughs> erasing the fact that there was like literally mass genocide and bloody slavery. And just make it, oh my God, yeah, period jumpers let's dance, let's dance, la la la. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean,
0: <clears throat> like whenever I was thinking about it, um, I don't know if my problem, it lies within black people being casted in roles that are maybe inaccurate or in, during times that um, obviously they weren't experiencing whatever the characters are. But for me, a big issue that I have is the whitewashing in Hollywood. Like the amount of films like I could literally list. Hold on, I've got some notes here mm. also um, <clears throat> of some of the movies and like the whitewashing in movies, like um, where they've cast a white person that actually the character is of a different ethnicity. Like Tiger Lily in Peter Pan, the live action, she was a white woman. Prince of Persia, he was, <laughs> he was a white man that was cast. Ben Kingsley, who's a white man, was um, cast as Gandhi. Elizabeth Taylor was cast as um, Cleopatra. Emma Stone, she was cast in a, a movie called Aloha. And the character was supposed to be of H- Hawaiian and Chinese descent. Christian Bale w- played Moses in Exodus. And Jesus is always portrayed by like, I know, a white I really man. Know it and it's like, why is no one really talking about like that? Should our problem lie with black people being cast in, in um, movies and TV shows that maybe aren't or maybe not accurate or should it be the fact that white people are also doing that and kind of a lot of the time
1: I am very quick to jump on when it's like when you're speaking about uh like people of color I might know this conversation is towards black people but I think in this conversation I think it's important that we do speak about people of color as a whole because at the end of the day it's like um it's not just I know that historically we were, we are less likely to be cast or whatever, whatever, but like when it comes to POCs as a whole, even though I hate that word because our experiences are not all the same, but in this situation it is that we are a lot of the time you have like just side characters and just the diversity roles and diversity hires. And it's only one kind of a black person or one kind of Asian person that is cast. And all the time, because. I was watching To All The Boys I Loved Before, and the main family is, like, a Korean-American family. And a lot of the time, when it is, like, South Asian people, it is just mixed people, so um, white and uh, East Asian, sorry, that are cast. And it's just, like, I know in that for in that instance, she was Chinese, um, Korean-American. But the actress herself, I'm pretty sure she's Korean-American, I mean, Chinese-American. And it's just kind of, like, you can... There's not there's so many actors of these of these descents of these like in Aladdin this cast um what's her name Naomi Scott and she's mixed race as well she's white and South Asian and it's like you could have got like a full South Asian person to play that role you know there's not a there's so many actors out there you just have to go there and find it and like
0: I think, like, in the case of, like, people like Emma Stone and Ben Kingston and like, all these big, big actors with big names, it's not as if they're, like, dying, like, for roles, you know, like, it's not, like, the only role that they were probably offered, Do you know, like, they could actively choose to not get involved in a... In a tv or film that obviously isn't like for them (laughs) like imagine being like oh here Jess. like like obviously like way back when it's even more problematic like there was people like dressing up as like Japanese people people doing blackface all that kind of stuff and it's like why did why did anyone ever think that was okay and like why are we just like as a society just like oh okay yeah okay that's fine like there's so many like such great talent out there like you can't use the oh you know choose the best actor for the role thing
1: it wasn't, be- it wasn't best for the best. It wasn't the best at the role. And true. then no. something, something that I'm also conscious of is when, for example, with what's his name, Ildris Elba went like, playing Bond. That whole thing, it's like why mm. create, why try and cast someone in historically in a historically white role instead of just creating stories of those like black stories, Asian stories, like yeah. m- such a sick shot of movie that I watched, which I think has become one of my favourite movies, is um Crazy Rich Asians. Such, such, such a good um movie. And like I wasn't a white person inside And <laughs> it was just, I feel like it was so well done. And I know there's there was its problems with it because a lot of people weren't from actual Singapore and that situation. But I think that it it was like it went down in history as the most like like diver I think it was in history as the most like diverse movie set or something like that well, not diverse but like basically wow. it just stuck to the story basically it was just crazy rich Asians that were like cast yeah. kind of thing and like it was so well done and it was such a, a movie that done so well so then why can't that also we've done Black Panther an example of that as well like there are so many stories that can be told without it being like okay let's make a black Cinderella let's make her this is that like you, you we don't there's stories to be told that it's not just a white person telling the story and now let's add the black person in the mix yeah
2: so are you are you saying then that I don't know I guess like whether sort of returning back to Bridgerton are you saying then that you'd rather it be like a complete sort of fantasy not based on anything
1: or I think Bridgerton would have worked if it didn't if it was just colorblind and they didn't mention race at all, because the queen was like, "Oh yeah, our people used to be oppressed," and then when the queen married the white mm. man, uh, it helped us. Uh, yeah, get I think that was like more. episode
2: four or something. There was like that conversation between the yeah
1: queen and, the queen and I just yeah. feel like that like it spoiled it for me because I was okay with it just being like colorblind. Yeah. I mean
2: I read an interesting article about how like black people should not this should not have to be a monologue in the show explaining why they're there like they deserve to be there and like and it certainly shouldn't be for like the benefit of the white person (laughs) to like explain like Mm -hmm. oh actually this wasn't how history is like no as a white person you should know that that is not a reflection exactly history but I think my like concern is that white people don't know that
1: exactly like
2: turn off to you know they're being presented this and it it comes into this problem of something called hyper reality where reality and fiction are merging because of tv being so so real now and and films Mm -hmm. being so real and um like reality tv shows almost what have i got i've put in elevating like the ordinary to a spectacle we're elevating ourselves as like media objects and like the lines between reality and fiction are blurred blurred Mm -hmm. i think I think that we're so used to that and we're so like, like a lot of people are kind of passive consumers of this kind of stuff. So yeah. just watching and I think like, like you said earlier, Maria, unless you're kind of woke to this, um, like unless you are watching something and always like criticising it. Aware yeah, yeah. Aware of it. I think it's so easy just to kind of like, mindlessly watch something and then this kind of thing does become an issue
1: do you think then that i can only speak for the british education system as someone who studied history that like it's it should if if we were taught about our history because i think most of us even me myself i only really learned about the history of this country when i was at uni so then is it on the education system to from a young age teach us that, you know what life is hasn't always been like this or whatever mm-hmm. and then when we are watching it that's when we're all like switched on and we understand because it's like if your only example like a lot a lot of people for example when at uni like weren't around people of color like uni was the first time where they met people of color and were the, like you know and that was their first experience and it's like you can't just wait until you meet someone to understand that there's actually people that have other stories out there. Like you are not the norm Oh, okay, you are, the, but you are not like the whiteness is not the, yeah, the standard kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And like, I yeah. literally have written that in my notes that the British education system needs to get better at teaching this kind of stuff. Yes. And, and I think being aware of like, I think as a consumer, it's our responsibility to watch what we're consuming, like, mm-hmm. and like, ha- have some like intellectual conversation about it because I mean, you know, like, like you watch what you eat, you should watch what you're like- Watch. <laughs> you Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're just kind of watching this and, and because, you know, these like blurred realities with like Instagram and everything like that, like you don't know what's real, what's fake anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be more switched on and people need to be taught how to discern what's real and what's not.
0: Yeah because I think though if you actually think about the kind of audience that are watching Bridgeton or whatever you would assume that the black people watching are very aware that slavery was a thing and that this Mm. is not an accurate representation so actually the problem once again lies in white people being naive and thinking that yeah so you know the whole world revolves around me and now that I've seen oh um now I've seen black people in that kind of space oh well slavery mustn't have been a thing and so now I'm gonna just use that as an excuse to be a racist but that's like Mm. not okay you know and like absolutely I think that the um education system needs to be I don't know, updated because and that's something we've said constantly yeah. in our um episode about BLM. We were like, I think that the foundations on like how we're gonna get better is through education.
1: Yeah. How like a lot of the time um in history, for example, I don't really learn about anything that Britain done. No, not even Britain, that I learned what America done in like year eleven. Yeah. When I was doing history GCSE. So and a lot of the blame is put on in Britain is put on America, saying that America were the ones that had segregation. America was on than this, America was on that. And it's like when you think about when you look at it, oh, it was only America. Okay, then obviously that and that's why people here say that well, at least we're not as bad as America. Like at least, you know. And then you start thinking, and it's like America, they have a lot more, they're a lot more diverse than us. For example, their population, I think black people make 48%. And here we only make up like three mm-hmm. percent. So, is that when they're watching, is it a different like understanding and like you know view than when we're watching? And there's like people from bloody Shropshire who've never seen like a black person in their life. You yeah. <laughs>
0: um yeah I don't know and like literally I was the same in terms of like learning in history like didn't learn about Britain's um role in slavery at all like literally they were always like America was just so shit and like you know they were the ones like I don't know going in West Africa and just picking up people you know and like didn't hear about Britain at all and it's like why are we kind of avoiding that i suppose it's white guilt but anyway that's another story
2: (laughs) um yeah but i guess it is one of those things that you've kind of said in your podcasts all along is that it is not the responsibility of black people or um people from minority backgrounds to educate those Mm. that aren't it's not the responsibility for them to include some long monologue justifying like why they're playing this role or whatever. Mm. Um but as people watching this kind of stuff, we need, I think it's just I think it just irritated me that yeah. there were potentially people just sat there watching thinking, oh yeah, this is this is history. Well, it was
1: it wasn't that bad. Oh my god, what? Yeah. See what I how was I
2: are- like, I want to wear their sparkly frock <laughs> <laughs> dance to that string music and, and you know have a juke. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's just being aware of that kind of stuff because yeah. actually, I think it, like Bridgerton for me was so refreshing because it had such a diverse cast. I was like, oh, yeah, yes, like it. I loved it, but. Um, yeah, I think it's just being aware of that. And actually, like, the uh, producer, she is... Um, I think Shonda she... Rhimes. Yeah, 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 she's Rhymes. queen. Isn't she? she's it's good, it's yeah. Shonda Rhimes producer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, I, didn't like, know that. I think she co-produced it with some other white guy, but...
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, she created it. She thinks she was one of the oh, she, runners. Yeah,
2: she's, like, key. And, like, mm. she's done, like, loads of other stuff, like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, How to Get a Murder. And I just think, like, her casting is is great mm-hmm.
1: like yeah, yeah. yeah she's always been she loves an interracial relationship though in all of her shows <laughs> she loves yeah. herself in inter- an interracial that's relationship so true yeah like, mm-hmm. Christina and Burke Christina yeah, 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 yeah. and this person how to go with murder yeah. and so many yeah no,
2: we, I, but I think that's what like that, that's her hallmark like that's what she's known as is for, for multiracial casting
1: mm-hmm. yeah but then it's like she's known as that are that is there now not a time for other people to kind of they see that it makes because at the end of the day money is what people motivates people they have to make so you see that there's a market for that why isn't um shows not doing that so you know what I just started thinking you know people play this dumb game and it's like oh if you could go back to any time in the future where would you go in my head I'm always like well there's limited choices for me <laughs> I <can't- laughs> no yeah you have yeah. to like actually like deep at first
0: because i think for me like thinking about like um black representation in hollywood and stuff like that um also like we were saying about shonda rhimes like it's more than just the acting cast and like i want to see more diversity in the actual crew and like in the directors and the producers and the writers and all that and one thing here we go (laughs) one tv show that did that amazingly is i may destroy you However, where is their credit? Where is Michaela Cole's credit in um, the Golden Globes, please? Where?
1: Like, I haven't watched I May Destroy You because every time I try to watch it, my heart does like a little bit of a... So I'm just like, I refuse, this year especially, I refuse to watch things that make me sad. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, good vibes, good energy. But I have Mm -hmm. read a lot about it because I felt bad that I wasn't supporting. And... (laughs) a lot of, I was just reading, and I was like, oh my goodness gracious like, this woman literally put her heart and her soul into this, and it has been, like, Emily, in, I don't know if you watched Emily in Paris, like, it was yeah. just a, it was just like a normal Netflix, it wasn't, it wasn't groundbreaking, it wasn't nice. change, like, I think shows, like, never have I ever done a better job at, like, representation and stuff than, would you call it, um, Emily in Paris. Emily in bloody Paris. <laughs> what? Bloody
2: Paris.
1: Bloody Paris. Yeah.
0: And like, there's been a huge uproar about it. And like, I think yeah. even people that were in Emily in Paris, or like the writer or something, um, like spoke about it. Like that, like they didn't deserve to be nominated for a gold okay. Golden Globe. I mean, I have never seen Emily in Paris, I think but the, I did watch highlights.
2: Sorry. Sorry, Karen. What it does highlight is like ignorance of yeah. like. Uh-huh. Uh, like i think british people and american people of not learning any other language other than English.
1: literally
2: and like, i wish i knew another language i barely speak french but like i just i've tried learning I, I wish like that was something our education system was actually better at rather than just going to places and expecting people to speak the same language, language.
1: yeah british yeah. people abroad are very ignorant like yeah. a lot there's like pubs on like every corner i'm just like you know what well, that that whole thing emily parents really represents like white mediocrity mediocrity mm. is like you say medi- mediocrity just yeah. black people white, pe- white people sorry being mediocre and still getting like praised and awards for it mm-hmm. and where there's people of color who literally like from um, i don't know any person of color especially black people that haven't been told you have to be twice as good to get half as far and
2: yeah, this yeah. is a
1: perfect example because ah, Mac- oh, like from the reviews i've heard from me like the, i listened to the receipts podcast and they talked about it and my friends that watched it they were literally like it's so well done and like a mediocre show about this white girl trying to be an influencer in Paris (laughs) literally is winning so many awards. And it's like, do we only win stuff when it's about black trauma? Do we only win stuff when we're putting our soul and heart into, oh my God, I mean,
0: I may destroy you is a tough watch. Like it's not really that lighthearted. Like it's, it is difficult, but like you say, it was just like so well done. And, um, yeah like honestly Michaela just threw her whole heart and soul into it and it was just brilliant and so it's like genuinely where where what we think in here Golden Globes like come <laughs> tell me more because I don't I just don't understand and I'm absolutely livid livid but, but um she's not been nominated um and yeah it is but then that kind of goes back to the thing we were saying about um being kind of like colorblind casting and all that kind of stuff the line for like white people and people of color and black people especially is not the same. Like white people are born with privilege, and so they're more likely to get into i don 't know the really good drama schools and have that kind of um, support and stuff that they need to get into positions of i don 't know whatever. Whereas black people won't have those same opportunities. That is not saying that they are not as good. It just means that they don't have the privilege of having that kind of support and stuff. And so you can't really say, oh yeah, let's cast the best actor because it's not-
1: it's, This oh. is something I'm so passionate about because my brother is currently training to be an actor. like, And even he was saying how there's, like, there's loads of programs now that kind of help like black students especially black boys because he does he's in MT musical theater mm-hmm. and there's he's literally like one of the only black boys in that and there, for him he even said when he was auditioning it's probably going to be easier for me to get in because they need the kind of like the so yeah. much lack of us and then he, he was he even was doing like this um half term school at RADA. And so there's a lot of stuff that is trying to like bridge that gap, like Black Diversity Programs. And it's like a, I don't know if um, Emily you've heard this before, but like in the dance world, everyone knows that if you are a black male, you will get the Dada Awards, which is like this grant for training in the arts. Like they say, if you're a black male, it's gonna, you're gonna get it like that because yeah. obviously they they need to kind of help bridge that gap. But then on the other hand, you have people that will say that... My brother has heard this before, that it's like, oh, well, you just got it because you're a black or da-da-da-da. And it's kind of like, you can't win because when you get something, it's because I'm this. And when I don't, it's because I'm this. And it's like, even when he does get into the industry, like, the roles that he's going to be given, it's just going to be like black gangster in this, and that. And it's like, yeah. if he doesn't purposely push for other roles he's probably going to be cast in the same as I think, especially how he looks and how he talks and how he dresses. Yeah. And just like where he got his training from is not at this prestigious. Like Brit is good. Don't get me wrong. But like, if he doesn't go to like a sick drama school after, it's probably still going to be like the same thing over and over again. Like the top boys and the blue stories instead mm-hmm. of the Bridgertons and the this, yeah. and that is not nothing saying on his talent. Cause he's a very talented boy. It's just like, typecasting is a thing and especially with young black boys it's like you get what you're given
2: yeah yeah Yeah. I certainly like I read an article like when I was researching for this saying like oh theatre's kind of leading the way in diversity
1: a hundred percent
2: and like yes it's great for um like all these you know they are trying but I think that's only been within the last couple of years because certainly when I was going like for drama school auditions drama did all that drama school scene um there wasn't like a single black person that I auditioned with or auditioned to um mm. or you know and I did a lambda course um like an audition technique course like one summer and I think there was it was like mainly white there was one black person there and it certainly was an issue but I think they are getting better
1: but then do you think it's because it is quite elitist and like you have to have money because I know when I was growing up and I it was mostly when I wanted to do drama and stuff like a lot of this thing costs so much money. And my mum was not being able to pay for it on her child benefit. Like, she was not able to pay for that. And, like, because of how expensive... Like, for example, auditioning for dance school, I'm pitching, like, £60 per school or something.
2: Yeah, I paid so much money auditioning for um, drama schools. And, like, I mean, I worked for it all. Like, I I got a job and, and did it. But it just like, it is elitist because of that reason, like if I didn't get a job I there was no way, like, I would have been able to do it and not everyone's in that situation where they can do that exactly. and it's just I think drama schools, like, the way that functions just, just needs to be changed because it, it's, like, soul crushing like, why, sh- because they don't like, don't even pay attention to you sometimes, like Because they're like, oh, we've seen so many people. But it's like, actually, I've spent 60 quid to be here and show you my talent.
0: Yeah.
2: Watch it. (laughs) Yeah. The least you could do is actually just watch. Yeah. So I, like, I guess when it says, like, yeah, theatre's leading the way. In a sense, yes, I agree. But in a sense, I'm like, there's still so, so,
1: so so far to come. I think i can only speak for the scene in london a lot of my friends are in the arts and um i have a few friends who are doing theater so like at the young vic and the, the old vic and like when there are um plays like death of a salesman and barbershop chronicles that ha- are casting more diverse casts like hamilton an example i see it a lot more in theater and like the things that my friends are in at, on like the old vic and the young vic are Like, they're good. Do you know what I mean? They're good. It's not like like, you're not doing fringe theater, they're actually good stages. And seeing that, but then when I'm looking at TV, they still have a longer way to go, you know?
2: I I was reading an article and it was saying that because in theater, the audiences are expected to have a bit of an imagination to like bridge that gap a little bit. So, like, if if, you know, like the, the text was written as an all-white cast but if you know in theater they don't they you know yeah like Black Hermione Hermione yeah um, like the audience have a much more like are expected to have an, an imagination whereas television you don't like you're given it
1: yeah
0: so weird though because like theater is in itself elitist like really expensive like on the whole expensive and like, well, I like contemporary in the history yeah <laughs> <laughs> the kind of, like history of theater it usually was the kind of rich white people that went to see it was it not yeah. so it's like weird that there's now that can now be a space that is more contemporary and can have more diversity but like tv which like pretty much the entire population watches it, it isn't and it's like, what? It's like the money maybe
1: it's just because obviously there's less money in theater so it's like you have less to lose i don't know I mean, i'm talking about like my ass but like yeah. because like it's not as like theater you have to be in that specific place to see it of if it's yeah unless it's like something like hamilton that has you know blown up it's amazing like massive thing I'll only see it, for example, I only went to go watch a place because my friends are in it. Or like, if I'm walking past the old can and I see a poster here, a poster there, like the only show that I've maybe seen that was like, that's not like West End that was mm-hmm. um, publicised was there, uh, was Barbershop Chronicles. And I think because it had so much funding and so much mm-hmm. money behind it, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, as well. Like if it drops, it drops. So yeah. like if you show, if First Night is a complete bust, you can change it like you work your ass true, off for and you change it like if an audience isn't responding to something it can be changed whereas film production is completely different like mm-hmm. if you've spent millions on it and it's bust like you've lost millions kind of thing yeah
0: and like whenever i was reading about the whitewashing and obviously like white people being cast in roles that isn't for them a lot of like uh the conversation was around the fact that producers and stuff have said um they've casted like white women like Emma Stone in it because they know that that's gonna sell. Like yeah. people are gonna go watch it because of her name and obviously because she's white and like all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you really do have, like, in this kind of situation, you have to get to the root of the problem. Like you can't just start casting black people <laughs> like left yeah. right center because again, we need to start giving them, I, my point of view is we need to start giving them more opportunities and funding black creativity and black art to then, for them to then create spaces and what the stories that they want to tell.
1: Um, but then yeah. when stories are told, it's not supported as much. So if it wasn't no. for like the Black British community, stuff like Top Boy and Blue Story, even them with Blue Story, there was that whole issue that it was not being shown in um, specific, um, what do you call it? Cinemas. Yes. Because of an incident that happened in one cinema that wasn't even related to it. So it just shows us yeah. like, because of the, like, you can't say something's violent when you literally have, like, Dark Knight Rises shooting at the bloody Dark Knight Rises. Like, an incident happened that was an isolated incident, but now you're shutting down the whole thing, and it's like you're suppressing Black art again. If it wasn't for the Black British community, top something like Top Boy, like, it wouldn't be... What you call it? And then even then, they had to bring in people like Dave, who's like a rapper, and like big, like known faces to kind of help it. Drake had to be involved in it for it to come back. And
0: yeah, and I guess it kind of goes back to um, this whole like I may destroy you thing. Like that is a very good example of what I've just said. But again, it's not being celebrated. And so, like,
1: why? I think maybe because it was a black woman as a the main. Because maybe if if it was someone I don't know, who's someone that's on the same level as Michaela right now? I can't think. But like who's what who's what? I'm trying to think. If it was another woman who was starring in it, like a white woman, or mm-hmm. even a lighter skin, this is something I want to talk about though, yes, the colorism a later. Mm-hmm. But like a lighter skin woman, do you think it would have been a different response to it?
0: Probably. Yeah.
2: But, I think mean, probably you know like Bridgerton went down well because I don't know whether it's no let's not say because but and that was white history with black people in it
1: yeah so then it's like they're telling a white story so then when it is like black story and people of color stories being told will it only like work if there's like someone white there to help with the story or like,
0: be how it is though. <laughs> like, I think it's, you know, maybe like thinking about it, like maybe the white audience, this is the first time they're ever n- not represented. And that's something that they're not used to. So they, white people actually search for things that they're represented in, which is obviously like a lot of things. Yeah. But, and obviously black people are used to having to just like insert themselves into the story and like watch something that they're not being represented in, um, but still enjoying it. Whereas now it's like this big shift and white people aren't maybe used to that. Um, I I don't know how to encourage that because...
1: What's that famous quote? When you're used to privilege, equality seems like... Seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And And that's, I think,
2: exactly it. I think that is it, you know? Like, I think that is the issue. And I think the only... I guess the only way is to, like, keep on this path that seems to be happening where like shows are like shows with Bridgerton and like it is certainly be- casts are becoming more more diverse mm-hmm. and it is m- more refreshing and yeah. I think perhaps that's the only way to like it's almost like practice like baby steps like yeah <laughs> used uh, to, like doing it so that <laughs> I don't know so that then
0: yeah. you I, you're, you're right I think though you do like yeah having creating more kind of um tv shows and stuff like that centered around black people and especially dark-skinned people it's a really great way of doing it and i think just kind of forcing
1: like i can only use examples of things that i've seen mm-hmm. that it's like it's only the things that tell the stereotypical stories yeah. That get the views, so like again, Blue Story, um, Top Boy, it's set, cancel estate, gangs, this is that. And then, when you have, like, for example, a show that I loved watching, um, Chewing Gum, which is another Michaela Cole show that was just like quirky, awkward black girl, like trying to navigate through life, I loved it. It's just run with me, um, <laughs> but like that was, I think she chose to cancel that, but um, a lot of the time, it's like if it's not something that like as a consumer you're used to seeing you don't want any part of it like um there was the show that one of my friends was in on netflix what it was called but for example small acts small acts um is on bbc3 i think you should watch it. it's really good and it's like showing um
2: it's mm-hmm. showing the
1: life of like the black brits that black jamaican brits that came from like, the wind rush and it's like um different it's a, it, each episode is like a different story And yeah. it's like yeah. very well done And stuff like Famalam Which is like a black skit show and But that's very much BBC3 Like all these things are on BBC3 Because it's not on like TV right? Yeah. But then yeah. When you have What's that thing called? Noughts and Crosses When it's like showing How things were If it was the other way around I don't know if anyone knows Noughts and Crosses Yeah
2: Um.
1: And it's like, for me, I don't really like stuff like that because it's like, you're trying to basically say, for me, it's like, you're showing white people like, oh, what if it was you? Now do you relate? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like- Again, you're only, centering them around the conversation. Yeah, yeah, you're only seeing that, the problematicness of me having a bloody white plaster or skin tone plaster, yeah. why it looks weird, mm-hmm. when you see it on knots and crosses and seeing white people have to- Braid their hair. And do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's only stories when it's about race that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can't just be like a quirky girl living her life. And I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys watched Never Have I Ever, but I think that was very well done. I know there was like backlash from the South Asian community talking about the inaccuracies in it. But like, me as someone who is not in the South Asian community, like, I watched it, I understood where they were coming from. But I was still able to kind of, like, watch it to kind of help that community to get their voices heard, you know? Mm -hmm. So if me, as a Black person, can support shows like Never Have Ever, um, Crazy Rich Asians, and still be, even if it has nothing to do with me, I'm still watching, I'm still enjoying, why can't white people also do that?
0: Yeah, they're just, I think, absolutely, they're just used to that privileged position of just being, like, there's so many different shows that represent me so I'm just going to watch those why would I bother with something that I can't directly relate to or like see myself in Um, which is yeah not good and also like how uncreative do you have to be like to not want to watch shows like that like how boring (laughs) I know above all else it's just
2: boring (laughs) yeah and I think that's why I found something like Bridgerton so refreshing was Mm -hmm. because it was
1: I was like, oh, finally! Yeah, yeah. I I loved Bridgerton. I think it was. I think the story was very well done. Even there was one bit that I didn't really like was when she literally sexually assaulted him, and like that was just brushed over. Um, Daphne realizes how you get pregnant, and then Mm. what (laughs) happens? So, because it's like set in eighteen hundreds or
2: whatever, eighteen thirteen, like. The women don't actually know how sex works, and so, like, basically, the Duke has been pulling out.
1: Oh, <laughs> <the Duke. laughs> this is all about kids.
2: She, yeah, because he doesn't want to have kids, and but she, he's told her. This is like spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched Bridgerton, skip the podcast. Um, he's told her that he can't have kids, and he can have kids. He just doesn't want to have kids. Right, and. She finds out how you get pregnant So basically Like goes on top And
1: Yeah Oh I see Mm -hmm. Yeah that's Um, problematic Yeah Yeah. And Um, I mean I get that back in the day That wasn't a thing But it's like Watching it with the eyes of 2021 again yeah. when you're like, it just you can't enjoy stuff Yeah, uh,
2: that, that that to be fair, now you highlight that. I was like, yeah, I, I thought that when I was watching it, I was like, mm, if that was the other way around, yeah,
1: exactly. But I even back like, in the day, you were allowed to beat your wife and rape your wife, and not saw anything, yeah, wrong yeah, with it. yeah.
2: But one thing, like, I think one of uh, our friends, Jess, said this that Bridgeton was actually pretty good at being like e- like sexualizing both men and women equally.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it like, it... Try in that right? way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in a good way, like showing sexuality yeah. and for example you have the opera singer who was like, listen I'm not gonna subscribe to society they already see me as a whore I'm still gonna live my life I'm gonna get my money the way any way I can get my money and Mm. that upsets you it's none of my business kind of thing which I love because he what's his name the brother treated her like a dickhead like I love you I hate you I love you I hate you come back to me don't come back no you don't want to be seen with me because you can't like what do you call it stand up to society Mm. like I hated it but then going back onto colorism which is something I'm very passionate about Mm -hmm. I think it it's like a double-edged sword not double-edged sword but it's like I'm like yeah cool black voices yeah fantastic but it's only the mixed race or lighter skinned people that are being that that have now become the like what people see as blackness and it's like yeah you look at the Hate you give where in the book it was a dark skin black woman and yara shahidi was the one who played it it's either yara shahidi amandala steinberg or zendaya it's the only three black women that you show and i don't know if you guys have watched this show called like little pretty little thing it's like pretty little tiny little things oh yeah it's on my watch list it's it's things. tiny pretty little
2: tiny, tiny things tiny pretty things or tiny little pretty oh. things or something well, one of oh, them is like heard
1: that. a ballerina like a black ballerina and like what? it's quite good it's not like a typical dance show even though it has like the cliches but it's actually like mm-hmm. a good story oh, okay. like murder mystery-esque and she is a. Uh, darker I'm not saying she's dark skinned but she's a darker skinned black woman in that show and I love that because it it like little things for me like growing up as a dancer and like having to have braids instead of like having my hair out because it was just easier for me to like put it in a bun and just like little things like that like I enjoy watching it but it's like um I was talking it's black women a lot of the time who are not cast as black roles because it's more common to see like black dark-skinned men like damson idris and daniel kalula and like that is what's his name what's his name oh the popular black man the popular idris, black it's just elba <laughs> 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 like it's more common for dark-skinned black men to get cast into stuff but then on the other hand it's like but then i talk i, I is it like that femininity only being seen as that woman's only seen as desirable when they're lighter, mm-hmm. and then that's the thing where you can market it when they have loose curly hair, and then the only dark skin woman that you think of is Lupita, and it's like whenever you see these shows, uh, women like me getting erased, mm-hmm. you know, like because we're not Eurocentric enough. We haven't got yeah the curly, yeah yeah. They're hair, not small as small I don't
0: know. Um, yeah, it's again catering to white people. And I just don't like I don't but,
2: get it. <laughs> not <even> just want <laughs> people because... to be like, aware of it. That's the thing, like not just blindly consuming. Like, this is such an interesting conversation. Exactly. I'm loving this conversation. But some
1: people will think we're doing too much. They'll be like, oh, here we go snowflakes again.
2: But it's just like, get it out We're out. not the snowflakes. <laughs> people is, that can watch. Too... Yeah, like it's better than just kind of like watching something and just commentating on it at a surface level like mm-hmm. this is a good conversation
1: Enjoying like it. i i look at um, colorism a lot of the time it is within the black community as us as ourselves and i think it's an important topic to have with other black people i'm very like one thing that i am very conscious of is having conversations within our community instead of yeah. having conversations on the public platform or a public spectrum because then it's kind of like we are not airing out our daily laundry per se, but it's kind of just like, listen, it, this is an issue that we have done. And mm-hmm. colorism in the black community is so, so rife. And like, you see it every day in like, who people find attractive and it's just that. And it's like, watch, I think I look at, I may destroy you again. And like, now my head's like, you know, my clocks are working and it's kind of like, she's a dark skinned black woman. She's not the typical like small nose, whatever, whatever. Like she's gorgeous, but to some people she would not be desirable.
0: Yeah.
1: And as as white women are the norm are like the pinnacle of desirability in our current society. It's like, you know, you just look. I'm trying. I'm looking at all these shows that I'm watching, and looking at the main character. Even though the main character is a person of color, are they palatable to the white eye you know yeah mm. like i'm just i'm just thinking you know See, it's very interesting it's so annoying because you can't enjoy stuff like even the black woman in i may destroy you she's a mixed race woman the duke is mixed race like you do have the queen who is dark-skinned but the other queen is it's just when mixed race people start awesome. being so, like
0: you were saying last episode with like, even in like non-fiction stuff, like documentaries and stuff, the one with um, Candice, where she was going to um, present the, I don't know, what, does it have a name? No. But you know the one about um, black women um, and they're more likely to die during childbirth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to present that and she's like a dark-skinned woman, but then now they're saying once again to appeal to the wider audiences, Okay, white people,
1: that now Humes. we're gonna give
0: it to Rochelle Humes who is lighter skinned and who actually hasn't spoken about race in general and it's yeah, like yeah, no, why no. are we almost giving this opportunity to darker skinned women and then thinking ah, oh, nah? No, do you know what actually no yeah. let's not do that and I think the problem again once lies in money and this idea that we need to appeal to people and fair enough absolutely you do want your show to do well like that's like
2: yeah.
0: but I don't know like it's At what point are we going to change that? Like, if we're just going to constantly erase black women from the conversation?
1: Yes, and it's frustrating because now, if you... As time goes on, you're going to see that mixed-race women are the, like... Are what people see as black women. That the... Mm. uh, Me, as a dark-skinned black woman, it's like... (sighs) this, This is... I don't have a... I don't know where I'm going with this, but... Just gonna speak and see where I go with this. Um, I have friends who are mixed race and when they're auditioning for stuff, if it says black male, they were still auditioning for it because they're mixed race with this hot because of this whole thing of like the one drop rule that in America it was a lot like if you were mixed race, if you had any form of black in you, you were seen as just black as a whole, which rightly so like a cop stops me in the street they're not gonna be like oh are you mixed race, or are you black or yeah, are yeah. you do you know what i mean we're just all seen as one but we're in the uk mixed race has always been an identity because when the Windrush happened there was an influx of black obviously the Windrush generation and um, was the boat came around here it was a lot of men black jamaican men that came here that started marrying white women or getting with white women even though it was legal and there's this whole thing but like a lot of mixed-race kids were born so from whenever the Windrush rush till now, mixed race has been like a massive identity here because of the Windrush, but in America, because segregation or whatever, whatever, it's only like a re not recent, but like their place in society or their identity has not been as like recognizable if you're seen as black. So now going back to here, because we have seen mixed race as its own separa- separate race, that's why it's weird for me when you're casting a black woman as a mixed race woman because for us, we've acknowledged mixed race people's existence, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But then I look at, then I'm like, okay, why, they are both, so why shouldn't they still be able to, but like, they would never be able to audition for a white man's role, so why can't they audition for a black man's role as a mixed race person? Can you imagine a bloody mixed race person be like, okay, cool, I want to be I'm auditioning for the role of rich white man number two. Yeah. Uh, they are going to laugh you out of the room. Yeah, If I went to audition for black boy number four, they'd be like, okay, well, yeah, come on, go <laughs> on, audition. Yeah, You yeah. know? I don't know where I went with that, but like, my brain's just thinking as I think.
0: I know. like It's one of those conversations where it's like, I don't really know like what to do with this information no, <laughs> other than just I be angry. The
2: answer, answer is because... If, if it is true what we're saying in that like you know they're catering for a white audience, like if they're not going to watch it, if it's not catered for them, like is it better that they watch it because at least they might get some sort of education from it, or like yeah should like you shouldn't have to cater for white
1: people, yeah certainly. yeah. yeah yeah it's one of those looking at the music industry I'm, I'm trying to look at different industries and how they compare in like representation and stuff because obviously music is different because it's like more individualistic and like whatever you enjoy you whatever but looking at the charts and stuff it's again it's first of all very male dominated and I remember that like it was like um world Women's day and Spotify was like oh you're you're, uh, you only listen to like 80% male and I literally I felt so embarrassed I went oh into Spotify God. and I started listening to Just loads <laughs> of women because I felt So bad But like a lot of like Rappers are men like Dark skinned black men it's easy for them to You know Win awards and whatever whatever but then when you look at These singers that are being pushed uh the Georgia Smiths and the whatever And it's again lighter Skinned because even the song, "Peng Black Girls, mm. it was a Georgia Smith remix, that, you know, pop became more popular. Mm-hmm. But I she's an amazing artist and whatnot. But then again, it's this colorism coming to play for her to be, you know, pushed to us a lot more than darker skinned women. Mm. It's weird. Very, it's very weird.
2: Yeah, just, it's just something you can't just be passive about, I guess. Just That's why I wanted to have this conversation. Is because, you know, I was like, are other people thinking about this? Or is it just me because? It's something
0: that you're passionate for. Yeah, Yeah, like, how do you get someone who actually doesn't engage in any kind of political conversation? How do you get them to be interested? Because it's like, once again, like as a white person watching Bridgerton or something as I said at the beginning like do they not just then use that as an excuse to continue their racist behavior because oh look you know you're like using black people and all fine. these like because no, obviously yeah like now we've seen there's a lot more diversity now than there was 10 years ago mm-hmm. um and so I think like a lot of white people start to think oh well you know then that's that's enough but it's yeah. not because it's like it's still like looking back like obviously as you say, like surface level, that's great. But as you like, kind of take a step back and look at the deeper problem, which I think we've been doing. It's like it's so much deeper than just casting a black person in Britain. Yeah,
2: and I think that that's one of those things that like I can't not watch anything without analysing it somehow, yes. whether it's <laughs> acting or yes, whatever it is. I, there's nothing I can't watch. Um, but I know that that's only because of like m- my education, what I've mm. studied, and y- what I'm passionate about. Are other people thinking these things?
1: <laughs> and then you know, when you're in an echo chamber as well, because I can't think of anyone around me who doesn't think like that. I've no, I've I, it's been years since I've been around people who don't have similar views about basic human rights than me. Yeah, yeah. So then, hearing someone with such a wayward views, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's because I'm in an echo chamber and then you see it when it comes to like, um, what's it called? Elections. Because I'm around so many people who vote for Labour, who vote for the Liberal parties that when I step outside it and I'm like, oh my God, there are homophobic people in the world. Oh my God, there are yeah. Tories. Yeah.
0: And it's- I know like, see when like elections are on and on, like on my Twitter, everyone's just talking about Labour. Like everyone's like, talking yeah. about like progressive ideas and then you get, I get so shocked when actually yeah like, video, like that's not the way the the vote swings yeah. and I'm like wait hold on but twitter said. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, hold
2: on,
1: hold
2: on. Yeah it's not <laughs> <I> really-
1: <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> It just frustrates me that like when um I'm so like we have these conversations at time that like, this is we're educated enough. So then when you think that there's people who in their lifetime, they never heard of um like racism in current age since before, like until the whole BLM uh thing got popularized and happened. That was the first time they've heard of it. And then when we're having these conversations for us we can't fathom the idea of people not seeing a problem with it. But then we have to remember we are not the majority at this point
2: yeah. At least like thinking about it Not necessarily like It's okay if you don't understand Like everything that we've
1: The intricacies about. of it,
2: yeah, yeah. Obviously, Like there's going to be people out there that want to Way more than we do exactly, but, And uh, like looking at us like Oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> <I mean. laughs> but, Like just the fact that you I don't know, are there people out there that just Consume something without thinking about it Without analyzing
1: it like i i can't fathom that way of life oh. i have a question for you guys um do you think that white guilt has something to do with how you are viewing these shows because um i speak to some of my other white friends and it's kind of like they try and have these conversations because they feel guilty and because they try and like overcompensate it a little bit but then I, then again, it's for me, that feels like you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it because it's the right thing to do. You're doing it because you don't want to, you know, come to terms of there has been like shit that like people are like you have done. You know, mm. so do you think that's kind of like an aspect of it that's like, where well, you can't sometimes just passively do something because you, you're trying to always acknowledge your privilege and be like, okay, I'm not, listen, I'm not racist, I'm, look at me, look at me. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what you guys are doing, but I can see why that can sometimes come, be come across as that.
0: I, I think so. I think white guilt is definitely a major um, thing that's happening at the minute post-BLM with everyone and freaking meshed and black people saying, oh, sorry about that one time. And all like, I, I think it does. Like, I I am even, like, I'm constantly like every day trying to check in with my privilege and trying to actively do things. And that could, obviously can be problematic because is that then centering myself around the conversation still? Um, but in saying that, like, I think, I don't know, it's hard because I am actively trying to... Um, watch like kind of listen to black stories and like watch programs with um black people in it like I won't lie like that's something that I like if I see like it's an all black cast or something I'm like I'm in like I'm gonna watch it because it's an all black cast but like is that I think it's partly white guilt and also partly wanting to I don't know no one understand a culture that isn't my own
2: mm-hmm. I think for me with this conversation we're having now I guess i I can't really say for sure but i analyze everything in terms of like what i watch so i feel like perhaps not so much with me thinking like this deeply about black representation because i think about all sorts of stuff when i watch um programs but i think um perhaps with what you were saying jess about other things i watch and like thinking about um like certainly started watching Uh, or not watching listening to more podcasts from um black people and I think yeah part of that is out of white guilt and also part of that is like you said Jess I I want to know I've realized that there has been like a massive gap in my education and that it's my responsibility to educate myself um and yeah I guess that is that is Mm. partly coming from white guilt but also partly because I want to just a genuine like Yeah. Like yeah, genuine yeah. Want to, you know, improve the situation. Like it's, it's yeah. Like the only way stuff is gonna change is if you actually start doing things that you haven't done before, kind of
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I've always think it's really interesting when I have these conversations and then I like ask questions like that because it's like I complete I understand that it's so like new again I, I feel like sometimes I'm like I pander to white people sometimes because the thing is I understand how because you know when people say it, it's like you you you're a, you don't have to be a bad person to like you know be racist you know I sometimes like it's hard for me because I know so many good people and so many genuinely nice people that have so way with views that I'm like I, I know it's not my job to educate, but I'm just like, oh, my God, I know you're a good person. And I know if, even if I just open my mouth, you'd try and see my point of view. Like, I mm. know you can because you're a nice person. But then it's like, it's again, it's not my job mm. to try and like make you see things, even though you're not yeah. a bad person. So I try to uh, be a lot more like, I don't know, is it maybe because I have, I do have quite a lot of white friends, like in comparison to some of my black friends who do have a lot more, Black friends, but it's just like I I try and have these conversations because then it helps with I don't know to make to make me feel better that I have I don't know because doesn't make me feel better that my white friends are woke so then I feel like I'm less like okay it's fine even though I do have loads of white friends they're woke so they're not like you know problematic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Or do is it just because I'm I don't want them to feel bad for you know not being as educated on issues that affect me you know it's weird yeah. it's really weird when it comes to stuff like this and having these conversations because they are important to have but I sometimes just feel like I don't want it all I feel like I'm attacking when I know it's not you specifically, it's the system. No, I
0: don't think, yeah, I don't think you're, like, attacking. And I think it's so important to have conversations like this and, like, um, talking about, yeah, representation and, and white guilt and all that kind of stuff. And, like, but constantly, and I think that is, like... part of this race equity book club (laughs) because I'm so cool (laughs) um but it's class and one thing we talk about and one thing I do notice is that literally there is one black guy in there in the club and like the rest of us are all white which I think in itself is that problematic but anyway that's a whole other conversation I'd like to have um but one thing we're constantly talking about is how to decentralize yourself from the conversation and how like okay yeah obviously a bunch of white people have come together to read this book that about a black person, written by a black person or a different person of colour, but we need to just kind of take that information and do something active about it but without making it about us and like without saying okay right so that's how this person felt, this is how I feel about it and this is um, what I'm not gonna do and like you know like I don't know just trying to take the conversation to a way that, yeah, doesn't centralize yourself. But then at the same time, like, you live your life as one person, do you know? Like, everything I perceive is from my own point of view and from my own experiences. Yeah. So it's hard to, you can't completely decentralize yourself from a, a conversation because you're part of that conversation. Like, I don't know how to put it, but do you
2: know what I mean? Like the yeah. center of your own world. You? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and maybe, because
1: this is the first, I always find that because this is the first time that black, that white people have had to kind of remove themselves from something that's why like i don't know if this makes sense but that's why a lot of people find it this say not saying the n-word thing really hard for them because it's the first time that their race and just their race alone has stopped them from doing something you know yeah like you can be a woman you can be white and you can have your hardships as a woman but like it's the first time that you, you as a white person you can't say something because no mm-hmm. when for me as a black person i've most of my life i had to I'm not the centre of it like from the shows that I watch from the jobs that I want to do from the people that I'm around from the things that I see I've always had to separate myself from it and just live the life live life and move on with life like that
0: yeah and that once again goes back to the conversation about um, representation and how it's all of a sudden not everyone's seeing themselves like a mirror image of themselves on a TV Um, programme but yeah it's just There is just so much to dissect and to think about. And um, I don't know the answers. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just pissed off now for...
1: (laughs) I think this is the answer though. Like talking and having this conversation is one step closer because I've learned something today. And like through what I've learned, I'm going to go back and do my own research on stuff that Emily has told me, that Jess has told me and so on and so forth. And that's how we kind of get better better sorry I'm trying to speak properly these days (laughs) get better um with these conversations and feeling uncomfortable and you know like trying to move and not just stay stagnant in like our own views
2: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah I think just
0: um having conversations about it, like Emily said, listening to different, doesn't have to be our podcast, (laughs) but (laughs) just listening to different podcasts and honestly if you are listening to this now and you haven't maybe watched any of the shows that we've talked about or there's a show that is about uh, black stories or with um, black cast and crew that maybe you haven't watched, I am challenging you right now to get out of your comfort zone and start watching things that maybe don't represent you directly or don't not something that you don't usually watch. Um, and I think that is, yeah, I think that's a great place to start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always find it like not interesting, but it's an interesting conversation to have. Like an example, um, on I went on that out once with Lauren and Lauren came to a uni with my friend and she was like the only white person in the room. And like she, after she mentioned to me, she's like, I understand how you feel now kind of thing being the like you know a lot of the time I was the only black person in the room at uni Mm. and then she's like I understand like it's not like it's a bad thing or whatever but you kind of like acknowledge it and that's why I always say whenever I enter a room I try and find another person of colour you don't even have to be black you have to you can just like just something there yeah yeah and it's just really interesting like seeing people experience what I've experienced my whole life and I just love having these conversations cause like oh my god like it feels it feels like we're getting somewhere finally you know yeah yeah
0: sure um yeah does anyone have anything else they want to touch on
1: I'll say thank you for Emily because you've really you've taught me a lot today yeah. Oh, you came with your
0: wee notes at all? It's just so cute. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> no, I, I love,
1: love it. Oh, I love like
2: conversation.
0: Everything's like. an essay to you as well, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's literally. I. It's really sad, but I I have not like had an opportunity to research like this and like read articles yeah. and that kind of thing. Like I I don't know probably since uni. So oh that's so
0: cute yeah thank you so much thank you for coming to us with this conversation for exactly. this topic
2: and for all your
0: wonderful ideas and stuff we to me? have you back one day if you want to yeah
1: for <laughs> real
2: oh. <laughs> oh yeah well
0: yeah thank you so much emily um for coming um i hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast so for now from me
1: and from me and me <laughs> good <laughs> bye, bye. bye.